Feel Good Friday episode 13. There you go. I'm on this, man. You're on You it. act like I'm not on this, dude. Well, and why you even look at me that way? It's like, impressive. I'm on this. <laughs> Today's topic uh-huh. is going to revolve around your boy. Who's your boy? Which one? DJ, Jaden. Not, not Jesus. Your other boy. DJ, Jaden. No. Judea. The man, Jerry Jones. Oh. Papa okay. Jones. Papa Jones. As you call him. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy, as you call him. Uh, watch, watch your <laughs> mouth there. Don't go that far. No, Jerry Jones is a, to put it mildly, a polarizing. Yeah. Contra- maybe there's a lot of different, con- you know, uh, opinions. Yeah, of course. And misconceptions yep. and perspectives of Jerry Jones. I mean, he's met who knows how many people over his life. Mm-hmm. And everybody's got their opinion on him. Everybody, you know, whether they've ever met him a day in their life or not. Right. They've got their perception of them. So I thought it'd be interesting because you obviously have a relationship with them different than most people that right. think they know them or, or, or have opinions on them. And so I thought it'd be fun to get a little insight of what your per- personal perspective, I'm not talking about anybody else's, what Darren Woodson's perspective of Jerry Jones is. And I think to set up this conversation, yeah. let's start with the first time you met him. So, right. so going in, he had just drafted you. What were your thoughts about Jerry before you ever met him? Had you ever heard anything about him? Did you know anything about him? What were your thoughts about Jerry? I had, look, I was coming out of college, and I didn't watch a lot of pro football back then. And I was so wrapped up in what I was doing at Arizona State and what was going on in the college world that, you know, I'll just be honest. I mean, there's four years there where, you know, yeah, the goal was to get to the NFL, but I wasn't just—I wasn't sitting there watching on Sundays because we had to watch film on Sunday mornings, mm-hmm. and our days were engulfed in, you know, film and getting ready for the next week's game on next Saturday's game for for the college football season. So I wasn't watching that much college football. I didn't know who Jerry Jones was. Yeah. Well, plus I when you back then you get what like two games oh, yeah. on TV yeah, something like games. that there's yeah we don't have all the networks yeah there's we no have networks TV and there's no the social package, media NFL package yeah. and so we weren't getting all that but I, and and I knew that that I had known that that Tom Landry was fired that Jimmy Johnson came in Jimmy Johnson was at the University of Miami great co- uh, uh, college coach and I knew about that transition so I knew that this this team was a little different. So I, I, when I got drafted, the person that I had in mind was always Jimmy. Mm-hmm. So, so Jerry, Jerry wasn't even, yeah. Jerry wasn't even, about. like on the ownership side, I didn't even think about Jerry. First time I met Jerry was when we got drafted, and we, when I got drafted in 1992, and we had our press conference. And that was the first time I had actually met the man in person. Uh, I can tell you that. He was by far the most charismatic man in that room that day. Mm-hmm. Had a huge smile. We we're doing the press conference. He's patting us on the back, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know. Jimmy's more subdued. You know, he, Jimmy's mm-hmm. more got this business hat on, and, you know, it's football. Football, he's just a coach. Uh, Jerry was suited and booted. Smell his cologne from like a mile away. <laughs> he was just, he was different, man. You'd never met anybody like Jerry Jones I'd never before. met at that. Well, look, I've met a lot of personalities. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in the past, and even even as a young kid, like uh, on the street, I've met a lot of guys that had this bubbly, you know, uh, personality that attracted people. Yeah. But he was a guy that you instantly, he walks in the room, you know it. Yeah. Even that you first saw, time, you first just time, knew this is different. First time. And it wasn't, everybody's like, well, you can smell the money. No, you couldn't smell the money. He's just, he had some, like, this pop in his step. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, there was a, a this magnetic, you know, a feeling about him when he walked in the room because he smiled, he he was engaging, looked you right in the eyes, had these conversations with you. Didn't matter if you were a second round pick or the or a free agent that was there for this press conference. He was engaging. Was in, he, in was he likable the first time? You absolutely. Met him? Yeah, absolutely. What did he do that was likable? Uh, for you personally, you. for me personally. He looked me in the eyes uh, and talked. Like, he really had a conversation. And it wasn't a long conversation, but you knew he cared. Mm. Like, I, I can't say the same thing about Jimmy. Jimmy <laughs> was more or less like, hey, look, you got a job to do, dude. I'll see you in, in a few days, yeah. and we're going to see if you can get this shit done, you know? Jerry was just like, hey, man, I'm so happy you're here. You're a Dallas Cowboy. got the star on your hat and on your helmet. You know, we're going to make history. And uh, he's like, he's all about it and i'm like yeah okay whatever so you believed them because you your bs uh, radar is one of the strongest i've oh, ever yeah. met well I don't so know you, if tra- I, you you believed him i don't know if i believed him in that aspect i just felt like he was there was something engaging about him like I, I, have you ever been you, being around people that have this joy in their heart mm-hmm. like that's jerry mm. it wasn't fake it was like this is who he is and every time i met him the first time i met him the second time I met him, same way. Popping his step, walks real fast, uh, shakes everybody's hand, you know, sees your wife and is engaging. Hey, how are you? Rubs the kids on the head. What's going on? <laughs> Gets to know everybody. Like, that's Jerry Jones. Yeah. He takes the time. I think that's what I would say that's different than, than most. He will absolutely take the time to get to know you and your family. And he's not alone. The entire Jones family is that way. His his daughter Charlotte is the exact same way. Stevens exact. Junior, I mean they they're they're engaging people, mm-hmm. and I think that's what separates them from from most that have that are you know that have you know that are I would say filthy rich right because they are yeah yeah. So that was the first time you met him. What was then the next time? What was your next interaction with him like? It wasn't was much. Was it often? Did no, it wasn't much at see all. Him very often? No. So, you know, back then in, in, in 1992, Jerry was new to the world. So he, was, he, he, took, he took ownership of the Cowboys in 87. So he was more engaged on, you know, the money aspect. It was business for him, marketing. Uh, you know, he was pioneering. You know, Nike coming in as a sponsor, all these big sponsors that weren't privy to the NFL at that time, that's where Jerry Jones was. He was bringing sponsorship to the NFL, not just the Cowboys, but to the NFL. So he was on the business side of things. He wasn't involved in the football side of things. It Mm. was Jimmy Johnson ran the football aspect of everything. He made all the decisions, brought guys in, fired guys. Jimmy did, not Jimmy. Jimmy. Because Jerry yeah. does that now, right? He has a big Jerry, hand now. Jerry was not the acting GM back then. Uh, Jimmy, Jerry was way behind the scenes, running, doing business like uh, like a young owner. So, so that first, how long? However long? When did you start? I guess 
feeling that transition. So when you first met him, when you first joined the Cowboys, he was distant. You didn't really yeah. know much about him. Yeah. He wasn't right. around day to day. Around you at least. He wasn't. Yeah. So when did that transition start to happen? That transition didn't happen until the fallout between Jimmy and Jerry. Okay. And that was the reason why there was a fallout. Because Jimmy had basically corralled this team and was getting all the credit for mm-hmm. the success of the Cowboys organization. Because the perspective you just shared was he was doing all He was doing He was work. bringing in all the personnel. Yes. He was making all the You know, teams. but the, the, the argument is he was bringing in all the guys, but guess who was paying all the guys? Right. Uh, and so there's, you know, this 50-50 here. I mean, I don't care how you, how you cut it. If I'm the boss and, yeah, you're doing your job, you're coaching, you're doing, you're bringing in guys, you're cutting guys and all that, I should get some of that credit mm-hmm. as well. You know, and that's, that's true yeah. in, in some aspects. But the egos got too big between the two. Mm-hmm. They both wanted, you know, all the glory. Mm-hmm. And once Jimmy was exited out, that's when Jerry was really involved. Yeah. And – um, when Jimmy left, we had a team meeting, and that's when Jerry really got involved. Okay. He started the team meeting, and that was different. <laughs> that was really different, man. Because so your perception, you know, your perception of Jerry was he's kind of distant. He's a great guy, yeah. really cares about me. And then that team meeting, yeah. Happens. Then what happened to your perception? Uh, I was upset. I was really upset, and I wasn't alone, man. We were just – and look, we had won back-to-back championships. We were about to make history. We felt like we were going to make history and go three – I mean, we, we were the best team, best personnel in the NFL at that time. We had already won two. We were on the verge of possibly winning three, which would have been history. would have been three-peat. Uh, we were all engaged. We were one of the youngest teams still in the NFL. And then you shake it up. I mean, you shake it up. So the perception was that Jerry fired Jimmy. Later on, you find that they it was mutually, however you want to say, they were mutually figured out they couldn't, they couldn't coexist. But at that time, I thought and everyone else thought that Jimmy got fired. And I just could not believe how an organization that, was, that had so much good going for it could just give that up. That, that didn't make any sense, man. Like, enjoy the success that you're having, the, the, the run that you're on. Enjoy it. It'd be like Phil Jackson winning, you know, three championships and, and then the Bulls firing him. Like, that just that, – that doesn't happen. So, I was frustrated. I know Michael Irvin, I, I mean, he, you can go back and look at the tape of him throwing garbage cans around. and got, You know, guys were, were outwardly uh, disgusted in what was taking place. And so, when Jerry came in with that meeting – we were, I was numb, man. I was just yeah. like, I can't believe this shit is happening. Yeah. So you weren't even really listening and paying attention to what he was saying? No. You were just upset? I was just down on the situation. I just, oh, man, it was, it was a weird time because um, it caught us all, all off guard. Mm-hmm. You know, Jimmy had already, we had already gone through, you know, winning the championship and then starting to get ready for the next year, and this caught us. This is in March or, yeah, about March. This is happening, and it was just a different feel for yeah. us. So on the personal side, your contract negotiations, were you, were you locked in at that time? Did you have I was any interaction? No, I was locked them? in that time. I was locked in until 95, so I had a couple more years to go. 
um, in which Jimmy would have been handling those type of situations, uh, Jerry was involved uh, fully after Jimmy had walked out the door. Yeah. It was all about Jerry uh, leading things. Uh, Switzer, Barry Switzer came in as the head coach, but I saw a lot of Jerry at the, the, the practices. Never saw him at practices. Oh, so this, this is when rarely, the transition started. Rarely saw him at practices. But now all of a sudden. Now all of a sudden there. we're seeing him integrated in, in practices, you know, being on the sideline, bringing sponsorship onto the sideline, which we never saw. What were you thinking then? Um. The fuck are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Who are these people? Yeah, it was, was a circus, practice, man. It was just di- <laughs> it was a different deal. Yeah, uh, but I think what happened was so when when Jimmy was there, everything was intense. Like practices were like it was a game. It felt like a game at practice. That's how hard we practiced. Mm-hmm. Like there are fights during practice. Guys are trying to keep their jobs. You know, it was highly competitive throughout practice. When Jimmy left, same style of practice, but the intensity wasn't there. Mm. That same intensity that we, that edge that we always had, that was gone. Mm. And it was forever gone. We ended up going to the NFC. So never came back. It never came back until Parcells came. Right. But that, that was gone. Um, that edge that we always had. Uh, was out and Jerry was more involved. It was, we were, you know, again, things were more relaxed. Barry was, Barry Switzer had taken over Jimmy's staff, basically. So you can understand how that looked. Mm-hmm. And his staff was Jerry, uh, Jimmy's staff was like, I should be the next guy. Why are they bringing Barry Switzer off the couch? So there was a lot of, tur- man, there was so much turmoil going on mm-hmm. at that time as far as the coaching staff. Uh, players now we weren't as disciplined as you miss a meeting if you want be late for a meeting with Jimmy like be a minute late with Jimmy mm-hmm. if you're a bubble guy your ass is gone mm-hmm. like there was no being late now it was well that's accepted it's okay and do you think that started at the top oh starts at the top man yeah. Starts at the top, man. If you don't, you know, again, our that team had so many personalities. So many. I mean, the Irvins, the, the Haley's, the Nate Newtons. I mean, I can list 25 guys that were just dogs. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy had his thumb on us and knew how to push the right buttons. When he left, that thumb came off. Yeah. And the dogs were out. <laughs> and they were. They were doing, we were doing some stupid shit. Yeah. Really stupid things. Yeah. So. So what was your opinion on Jerry during this, during this period of time? We lost. We, we. It's no respect. I know. I love, I look, I still love Jerry. I just felt like, okay, now he has to fix this. Mm -hmm. We we have, we have to get this back in order. And, And it took the players, like the Troy Aikmans had to really step up. And this is why, you know, Troy is probably. Um, you know, mostly perturbed about how things went because he understood that we had the opportunity to win four or five in a row. He also understood the fact that now he had to – Jimmy wasn't there to take off some of the pressure. Now he had a lot, of, a lot more pressure on him, and the leadership did as a whole. We had – I mean, guys had that were – the leaders of this team had to really step up because we didn't have that fence around us anymore. Jimmy wasn't patrolling. 
mm-hmm. anymore. So people were showing up late. We we're doing things. All, and that, that was hard, man. It's hard to play at a championship level and then have to babysit people at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked about your contract negotiation. So yeah. that, that leads into what did you? What was your perception of Jerry from a negotiation standpoint there going in before you, before you ever? I think there were two parts to that. Okay, so I was at the top of my game, my first contract, my second contract coming up. Like I was the, I was the elite safety. I was going to be the highest paid safety, hands down. We all knew that. That was coming. So that negotiation was a lot easier mm-hmm. in the sense of, you know, we were engaged. We had been talking about it. You know, he had been communicating with my agent uh, heavily. And, and it was like, hey, man, it was, it was really easy. So does he the come process. down to the locker room and like, buddy, oh, buddy, no. you at hey, all? Does oh, he? He's telling coaches, hey, we're going to get this deal done. The coaches are coming to me, hey, you know, we're going to get this deal mm-hmm. done. And I'm like, yeah, it was just, I don't know. It was like, it was refreshing because he knew the value. Mm-hmm. And you could feel him saying, hey, look, when we get, when it's time, we're going to take care of it. He told me that a million times in the locker room after games. Hey, we can get this deal done. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Get it done. We're going to get it done. So, I firmly believe that. And and that was Jerry. Like you just felt him his presence and and had confidence in getting it done. Mm-hmm. So the negotiation was a lot easier. Now I would say the second, third contract was a little bit rougher. And then my last contract, that's when it was like, okay, uh Jerry was out of the picture. Steven was more mm-hmm. in the picture. And Steven was not playing around. <laughs> he was not. He was Same not. There old, was oh, slow. There was no buddy buddy yeah. chest bumping in the locker no, room. No brother in law deals. No, right? there ain't no brother in law deals. It's like, hey man, you're at your you're at the end of your career and we gotta figure this out. Mm-hmm. We ain't just making, we ain't just paying you just because. Like right. and it was it was a time where I got not it's it, when you're when you're redoing a contract you're always sensitive about things anyway yeah. so it was one of those sensitive times but Jerry wasn't as involved in the last time around so our game plan in the negotiation myself and my agent George Bass our game plan was we need to get Jerry involved we got to push Steven out <laughs> hopefully get Steven hoping, out of the way cuz you were hoping Jerry would be a little more emotional the most connection he, once and, Jerry gets in the emotions start to kick mm-hmm, in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's a lot easier on both sides right to to get the deal done and and I and I know they play good cop bad cop I know the I mean and Steven I'm telling you if you want to negotiate you bring Steven Jones in that in that room he's a damn good negotiator and he's tough, mm-hmm. right? And you may not like him during the whole process, but then we finally got to dad. We finally got to Jerry because <laughs> it got to it was like it was nut cutting time. It was the last second uh, before free agency was coming, and here comes Jerry. Jerry comes in room, uh, calls calls me personally. Oh, he did. Yeah, he called me personally. Hey, what are you doing? Nothing. Hey, let's get this deal done. I said okay. Um, I'm talking to Jerry. He said no, no. Come in the office. Tomorrow, we're going to get this deal done. Really? Yeah. So I called my agent up. Yeah, Bass. And he's bad. I said, Bass, uh, Jerry called me. And he's like, good. Damn. It's about damn time. Uh, here's the numbers. Blah, blah, blah. And I went in, got the deal done, bro. What was that conversation like? That was just like. Was it just one-on-one, you and it Jerry? Just, it was just. It was, actually, Steven was in. And then Steven left out. Jerry got it done. Like, hey, here are the numbers. Look, you know, how many more years you're trying to play and blah, blah, blah. And. 
you know, you've been a lifer. I want you to end your career here as a Dallas Cowboy. You've done so much for us in the community and blah, blah. He just, he's just so engaging and likable. You're like, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, I'll take a, yeah, let's get this done. And he came with the right numbers, man. The, the, you know, the numbers matched up and yeah. we went from there. And then Steven walked back in and we were best of friends again. How much of a relationship did you have with Jerry outside of the locker room, outside of the field at this point? Uh, Look, there were some things that I, I used to work with Salvation Army, which was one of the big uh, um, charities that they were involved in. And they would always have me, you know, speak for for them, for, you know, the family would always have engaged with me to do some things. I don't know if I used the relationship as much as other guys or went to Jerry as much as other guys. I always felt like, you know, he's got too much shit on his plate mm-hmm. already. Why am I, you know, I don't want to continue to ask him for things. So I wasn't, it was just more of a respect, you know, hey, you know, have good conversations. Like, but, you know, like Michael Irvin and Deion Sanders, they were strong, strong relationships. Like they went to him and they had, you know, they got to build more of a, a deeper bond in that sense. I was more or less like, hey, it's, it's business. I want to win. Mm-hmm. Let's get back on track. You know, blah, blah, blah. So um, you intentionally kept the relationship more towards football? Yeah, I think it was – and I think that's more my personality as right. well, too. Like, he, he's your boss. He's your boss, mm-hmm. you know. And I treat him with respect, but I want to win. Let's figure this shit out. Yeah. Like, let's, let's win games. Uh, I think the relationship got stronger when I retired based on the fact that, man, I don't care what anyone says about the Jones family. They, this family is special. The things they do and the things that I've seen, I've sat at a table, and I, I don't know if I should be saying this. I sat at a, a charity function, and I know I knew I shouldn't be saying it, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> I, saw it at, I sat at a charity function with uh, Ms. Jean Jones, Jerry's wife, and Jerry. And at the function, they were trying to raise money. And I sat right next to them, and I heard a conversation that it would blow your mind. Mm-hmm. Jerry asked, I'm not going to tell you what the foundation was, but very well-known foundation here in Dallas. Asked, you know, the guy, you know, what they needed and how short were they. Because they, they were short. They were running this, um, you know, these numbers. And they were saying, yeah, we're short by, you know, $2 million and blah, blah, blah. You know, still trying to raise money, raising money. And people are donating. They're calling in. And at the end of the deal, they're still short by $2 million. And Jerry breached over and said, hey, I got you. Didn't say it to anyone else. Wow. I'm, I, heard, I heard him say it. I looked at him and I heard him say it. He went, reached over with his hand, hit him on the hand. He said, I got this. Wow. And not without telling anyone else. <laughs> like, I just happened to just see it. Yeah. And that's what I'm telling. I mean, he's doing things behind the scenes that you would never know. Guys are walking into his office on a day-to-day basis, you know, for resources, you know, former players. And he just, he's He's an open book. Mm. I had, I've had so many conversations with his resources by him just calling me and saying, or me calling him or him calling me and said, hey, what you need? Got it. Stephen Jones. Yeah, what you need? Got it. So he's open like that. If he's you open call book. him up, so walk in. how can I help you? Yes. You walk in. Wow. How can I help? Still to this day, to even this, though you're not providing to them this necessarily. Day, Charlotte Jones, Stephen, all of them, they mm. just – 
that's why when I was at ESPN, it was so hard to be critical of the Jones because right. everybody was like, oh, they suck. And they, you know, he's, he's terrible as a GM. They're, they're, you know, they haven't won a championship in, in, since 1995, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's you, family. You don't know him like I know him. No, you don't know him like me. Yeah. That's it's always the fascinating thing to me is we can be so critical of people we've never met. Yeah. And we just see him on TV. Yeah. And we and rightfully so. I think Jerry would tell you in a heartbeat, hey, I haven't made all the best decisions as a football sure. GM. Yeah. But don't question my heart because his heart is, is, is deeper than, yeah. than you would ever know. So you may have just answered it, but what in your mind is the biggest misconception about Jerry? That he's all about the money. That it's all business. Uh, I think the reason why Jerry is successful is, one, he's a great negotiator. Um, But, two, he knows how to engage people. Um, He knows what makes you tick and, you know, how to maneuver through situations. And it's not always pretty. I mean, I know I've seen things that, that... you know, you know he'll get a he'll have a temper. He'll tell your ass when when you're wrong or whatnot. I've seen that part of it, but he's very he's. I'm not. I don't like the word because he said the word life is not fair. Fair. Remember, I get this word mm-hmm. for you. Take fair out of your your uh, your vernacular. That's over. That's gone. That's not in your vocabulary. Fair does not exist. That's from Jerry. Uh, but what, we're gonna figure out what's the closest thing to it, <laughs> and that's how I would say. He's fair, man. He's fair, and he, and, he, and, he, and he wants the best for you, and you feel it. Like, yeah. he wants you to succeed. That's awesome. So, yeah, he's a good dude, man. I mean, the whole family, brother, they're, they're salt yeah. of the earth. Still treat you well? I mean, not just me, man, everyone. I just, you know, people don't like him for because, you know, what's going on with the Cowboys and they haven't won a championship, man. Get to know the man's heart, brother. Yeah. You, you will absolutely change your mind. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah, that's why I wanted to have that discussion because, you know, you just see the little sound bites and the highlights on ESPN, but I knew you had a different, yeah. you know, a different experience, different perspective. So appreciate you sharing. Thanks, man.